thump, thump. Her mouth would be dry, her muscles tingling and shaking. She'd be standing in the garden as the planes came over, wave after wave of them, raining their bombs on her, all because she was out looking for me. I shook my head once and squeezed my eyes, straining to get rid of the images. Then I stood and began to run. Sprinting past the pheasant pens, I hardly noticed the stinging brush of the nettles that caught my bare knees. The twigs crunched and snapped under my feet. The tops of my wellies paddled against my bruised chins. I jumped fallen logs and scraped my legs against brambles. I splashed through the burn and weaved around the trees, throwing myself to the ground when I came to the barbed wire fence and scrambling through the low gap that was made just for me. The skin tore on my knees as I crawled on the dry soil, but I ignored the pain. I was moving as quickly as I could, clambering from all fours back onto my feet, rushing through the final line of the woods before I burst out into the field. I ran out into the early evening, just as another sound broke from behind the terrible cry of the sirens. It was as if this noise smashed through the solid wall, cutting through and drowning it out. And this sound was worse, much worse. It was the angry buzz of German bombers filling the sky. Panic swelled in my chest. I had to get home. I had to find Mam. I sprinted further out into the field, wishing I could make one great big jump and be there. I wished my feet would move faster. I wished our house was closer. I wished there was no war. I wished... I wished so many things... But for that moment, it felt like there was nothing else in the world except for me, my need to get home and the planes, that noise. The sound of the engines was so loud, as if the planes were following me, chasing me, whining and coughing like dirty giants. My head was filled with their growling. My whole body shook. I could feel their breath on my neck, smell their darkness. But then they stuttered. Once twice, three times. The engine caught and died, caught and died, and then cut out completely. No more droning, no more coughing, no more stuttering. All I could hear was the scream of the siren in the village and the rush of air behind me, as if an enormous bird of prey was arcing down to take me. In those seconds, I knew how a rabbit must feel at that last moment by the hedgerow, when the hawk swoops down to carry it away. And that's when I risked a look back. Stumbling on the loose soil of the furrowed field, I turned to look over my shoulder and saw the plane coming towards me. Not a mob of hungry giants, but a single plane, just one. A giant metal beast falling, gliding faster and faster, coming right at me. I saw the gunner sitting in the glazed front section. He was staring dead ahead, seeing nothing. His eyes were so wide I could see the whites. Both hands were gripped around the machine gun's handle, as if it would save him. The gun barrel was sticking out from the plane's glass nose cap, pointing to the exact place where the plane was going to crash. Behind and above him, I could just about make out the top of the pilot's head, and then I ducked as it went over, no more than thirty feet above me, the wind in its wake ruffling my hair. I heard the metallic rattle of its parts as it went, I saw the pale grey underbelly of the monster, and then I turned to watch it smash into Mr. Bennett's field. 
The ground shook when the German bomber hit the soil. It went down nose first, the glazed nose cap shattering into a thousand pieces, filling the air with splinters of glass. The gunner was crushed in his seat as the nose crumpled, forcing him up and back into the pilot, squashing the two bodies together, mashing them into a mess of blood and bone. With a deafening screech of metal, both propellers were ripped from the wings. They spun off to either side, slamming into the field several feet from the plane, bouncing away at different angles. Twirling blades of destruction, they tore through the potato plants, throwing thick clouds of dry dirt into the air as they went. If anybody had been in their way, they would have been shredded. The plane gouged an ugly furrow through the field, ploughing the soil in front of it, lifting into the air so it was standing on its nose for a moment. It hung like that for a split second.